muscles from The one who, who has an end is to come Only way, one you then you're, you're the only one Be king of my head, king of my heart King of all me King of my light, king of my dark King of my mind, king of my breath King of my roar, king of every word I say King of my peace, king of my war Tu 
Kim here, Rabbi, local rabbi minister from Segre Elohim, Damalatin Pearl Ministries. Welcome. Um, I did a recap on the whole book. I'm going to read what remains and then I'll post it. Uh, we're talking about the secret Israel, which is the fourth key, beyond 586 BC. It is the first and original context of the Shemitah. It connects to Israel. It is only a nation's command to observe it, and as we see, it is still kept in various degrees, but the observation of the nation, but by the observation of that nation. But we are not dealing with the Shemitah as an obser observance, but a prophetic sign, particularly as a warning or manifestation of a national judgment. Such as a prophetic sign should be given to any nation as long as the nation in some way matches the description or shared 
the attributes of ancient Israel. In other words, would it be a nation warranted a warranting a prophetic warning or manifestation of judgment? A nation in defiance of God. Uh, he goes on to say that this includes religions such as secular, Hindu, Muslim, and Christian, and or communist. Let's narrow it down further with a more descriptive. A nation that has once known God, but had not known, now turned away from him and rejected his ways. And then he breaks it down even further, Christian and post-Christian. Let's narrow it down to the furthest. A civilization established on the word of God, dedicated to his purposes and consecrated to his glory for its very inception. Now the field of candidates is very severely reduced. Uh, you can go through him, all the civilizations, establishing dedication, consecration, of the words of the glory of the God, or Yahuwah. Uh, and it brings America to mind as a civilization dedicated by Cape Henry, Plymouth, and Massachusetts Bay, per proposes of God. And then he talks about Israel of the New World, or the sacred Israel again. A civilization specifically established after the pattern of ancient Israel. Um, both culturally and teaching and specifically expanding on ancient Israel. Um, to them, the new world was Israel, and Israel was the new world. Their exodus from Europe, like the Hebrew exodus of Egypt, and the new world was their promised land, and Massachusetts Bay colonies was their new Jerusalem. Uh, they did uh, they did incorporate Moses' law into their laws. Uh, they patterned the re they institutionalized the day of rest after the pattern of the Hebrew Sabbath, and, and the American holiday Thanksgiving was formally after the pattern of Hebrew Sukkot and the Feast of Tabernacles. Believe it or not, they named mountains after Hebrew mountains. Uh, Mount Gilead, um, out of Israel, Mount Hermon, Mount Ephraim, Mount Moriah, Mount Carmel, Mount Zion. They called their towns Jericho, Jordan, Salem, Canaan, Goshen, Hebron, and Beersheba. They named their children Joshua, Rachel, Ezra, Zechariah, Esther, and Jeremiah, and the host of other names derived from the names in the book of ancient Israel. Yale appeared, um, they taught schools and universities, and the seal of Yale appeared, the Hebrew word, from the breastplate of the high priest. The seal of Columbia University appeared the ancient Hebrew name of Yahuwah, and on the seal of Dartmouth University appeared the Hebrew word translated the Almighty Yahuwah. God linked to ancient Israel was undergridded in the nation's identity and conscience and the great seal they su suggested was Moses parting the sea while Thomas Jefferson proposed the Israelites journey through the wilderness so ancient Israel was part of our DNA no Christian community in history ever identified more with the people of the book than the Massachusetts Bay colonies who believed their own lives was literally reenactments of the Bible drama of the Hebrew nation. Um, he goes on talking about the manifestations. Then the fall of ancient Israel, basically, 
Israel went from being a God-fearing nation to a non-God-fearing nation. They metamorphosized. They blatantly and brazenly done this. They unconsciously abandoned. The people began driving God out of their lives, their culture, their government, and in their institutions for their children. They went to worshiping foreign gods and became a pagan nation. The defining moment was they was saying evil was good and good was evil. It even got to the place they reviled the goodness thereof and they lived in increasingly carnal, sexual, moral, immoral, and self-indulgent culture like we do. Uh, they got very coarse and vulgar. Uh, it even got to the point they was sacrificing their children on altars. Um, anybody that believed in God, they marginalized, mocked, vilified, and even finally persecuting, even to killing. Um, and this set the stage for the harbingers and the manifestations and the national judgment of Shmita. Oh, sorry. Uh, then he talks about America and the similarities to ancient Israel and America, the secret Israel or the second Israel. He says, at first we were founded in a way that Yahuwah would give us blessings if we followed him as a nation. Um by the most secure, most reverent, and most powerful nation on earth. Uh, but the pinnacle of its power and height of its prosperity related to the relationship to the world and the metamorphosis began. Israel of the New World reenacted the apostasy and fell of the Israel of the Ancient World. America now began a progression to the end that would end the nations turning away from God and the foundations. Um, by the time grow more and more blatant and brazen as did ancient Israel so America began removing God from its national life, from its culture its government and its public squares it would ban prayer and the reading of scriptures from the institutions of its children, the system that came in existence from the purpose of teaching the word of God would now treat the word of God as contraband. Uh, America eliminated the presence of God from its national life and culture. It filled the void from with idols and former gods out of its desire. As an ancient Israel, America progressively redefined right and wrong and adopted new moral morality to replace the old. It now called evil good and good evil. It had, what it had once celebrated is now condemned, and what it had once worshipped is now reviled. So we see that again. And on the other hand, what is once condoned is now celebrated, and what it had once reviled is now worshipped. The American culture grew increasingly carnal, materialistic, coarse, vulgar, and self-indulgent. There we go again. Um, instead of being a nation that would be the light to the world, its founders envisioned America was now saturated with saturated the world with pornography. While Israel was killing thousands of children at the altar, America killed not thousands but millions of unborn babies on the altar of its pleasures. As for those within America who refused to go along with the moral and spiritual apostasy, 
those remained faithful to God and his ways, they were now increasingly marginalized in the nation, newly apostate culture, mocking in its media, vile in the public discourse, and increased in danger of persecution. America brought into existence and dedicated by its founders to be a vessel of God's purpose had now transformed into its very opposite, a civilization turned in upon itself at war against its own foundations and at war with God. Those who founded America not only foretold its future blessings, but also gave a warning. It was this, if America ever turned away from God, then the same judgments that fell upon ancient Israel would fall upon America. The appearance of the same harbingers in America that had once appeared in the last days of Israel matched their prophecy. And he goes on to explain what the judgment would curtail, and it leads all the way to the fact that it centralized itself in America, it affects the world. Secondly, generality echoed from ancient Israel to America and nations beyond. He said the third, the overall, was the setting for Israel's judgment, a civilization that once knew the ways of God but not defined it, was sharing it with other people, nations in the world. And fourthly, the Shemitah made focus entirely on the nations. Its effects are far-reaching and transcending geography and the borders of nations. We now have the stage. The mystery will touch America, but it will affect and define America, and the consequences and repercussions will touch the entire world. Having located this place of mystery, one last clue is needed to reveal the time. So, then he goes on explaining what the Tashiri connection is, which is the final key, the fifth key. He says, the most holy of months. The most holy of months on the Bible's calendar is Tashiri. On the western calendar, Tashiri falls in the 10th, the month, you see, the sacred month, the 10 of the days are known as the High Holy Days. Every Hebrew month begins with the day or night of the new moon, but the month of Tashiri is so sacred that this day, which it began, its new moon, itself is a High Holy Day. Most Hebrew months contain none of the sacred appointed holidays given at Mount Sinai. But Tashiri contains ten of them, not including at least eight other days also deemed holy. Interesting. Um, thus, there is no month in the Bible, biblical year like Tashiri, what are its theme and its meaning message? The time of judgment. And he basically talks about the rabbis saw the autumn festival as king worship of God. His ruler, his power, his sovereignty, his dominion. They would blow chauffeurs, trumpets uh, to honor the sovereign, sovereignness of the Lord. Um, Tashiri was also known as the month of judgment or the Feast of Trumpets. Yom Hadin is what it was called, or the Day of, Day of Judgment. During the Feast of Trumpets, chauffeurs were sounded. The chauffeurs is not only a solemn gathering, but it's also a sound for alarm of war 
or the harbingers approaching danger. Uh, the warning of the impending judgment, the month of Tashiri is reckoning. And he goes on talking about Teshiva, what Teshiva is, and the ten days of Om. He talks about the Shemitah and the connection between the two, that the Shemitah is the seven years and Tashiri is the seventh month. Um, the beginning and the end of the month of Nisan and Tashiri. He talks about the Eul and the Tashiri factor and how that plays with the Feast of Trumpets and everything. And he talks about the Tashiri key and the Yule and he explains that Yule has as much impact as Tashiri does. They both combine together to to bring a judgment of di diminishing of productivity, consumption, labor, employment, trade, and commerce. He explains this. Uh, when you break it down economically, it means basically an economic collapse. Um, he talks about Yule and his climax at the end. And then he brings in this little thing, the, sh the Shemitah awake, wake. The reasoning of the repercussions of the Tashiri and its dynamic transformation of things. And he brings in Heshiva and onward and explaining how that plays into it and the dynamics of it and it affecting things later on. And then he talks about the end of the lead month of Yule going into Tashiri. And then uh, Hesheva and expressing the role thereof of the leading of the month. And basically, at the end of it, he says, The mass wiping clean of the nation's financial accounts will translate into a collapse in financial realms. Thus, if the mystery of the Shemitah is still affecting, we might expect that their existence and connection between the Hebrew month of Tashiri and the collapse in the financial realms as in that of the stock market. Could the existence of such connections, could the ancient mystery over 3,000 years old be operating in modern times and even or ordain the fate of the financial markets, uh, having nothing found the five keys, let us begin to unlock this mystery. That's what he says. So, there's a book in a nutshell. Um, I did one recording just touching it. This is actually explaining it. So, I'm going to cut it here. And I'm going to say, God bless you. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Israel. And may God bless you and have peace.